couple other companies that I've looked at uh, this week. Uh, have you heard of Allbirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the shoe company? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I kind of like them. I, I almost bought some Allbirds, but <laughs> I uh, I don't know. It wasn't my style. It wasn't your style? Okay, no. that's but I, fair I enough. But I like them. Fair I enough. Like, and they're very popular. I think yeah. they're flagship stores in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, But I saw that the CFO of the company and four directors just bought, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of shares. Um, and this past week, Allbirds is up 25%. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. My name is Jason Freert. I'm here today with the infamous Alex Bolden. Can we, should we say infamous? The famous? You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's the editor of our, editor of our Insider Stakeout. He's also um, a contributor and editor of the newly launched Rich Report. That's R-I-C-H. Yes, sir. Report. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit. Um, but let's jump right into it. What do you got? What do you got on the insider trading front? You're you're the yeah. insider. You're tracking these dudes. Are they are they still are they still pumping and dumping? I guess they're not dumping. They're just they're just uh, buying stocks before stuff comes down. Yes, I mean some of them are dumping, and I think I think to start it off, um, what I'm seeing in the market right now, you know, you go home for like vacation. Thanksgiving is like a huge time where you go home, and families are always like, oh, so what a like what's going on oh, in the market? Yeah. Like oh, and like every it's like oh, why did the market drop today? Yeah, yeah. Why did it go up today? It's like, dude. I mean, you're watching the news, like. <laughs> but I think the the important thing to remember is to not pay attention to the mainstream media, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like we've seen. I just wanted to go over a couple, uh, like charts here, because. And, sh- and to show you how, like, patience and a long-term outlook and basically being a buy-and-hold investor has been paying off in spades. Right. Throughout the past couple of years, the pandemic, um, you know, the new wars. So year-to-date, the NASDAQ, and it doesn't even, it doesn't feel like this, right? Because you see it on the mainstream media. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. NASDAQ is up 36% year-to-date. That's fantastic. Uh, the S and P 500 up 18%. The Dow's up 5.5. And if we're getting into crypto, which is now being called the most hated rally to end the year, but you know this happens during the holidays. People come home, they're like, "Oh, what should I buy?" And you know, everyone's always talking about Bitcoin. I can't remember the one year, but it literally Bitcoin. It was like that Sunday, that weekend of Thanksgiving, yes. it went on. I mean, this was several, several years ago. Yeah. But it went on this epic rally and it was everybody like, you know, everybody's uncle at the at the Thanksgiving yep. table is asking about Bitcoin and they're talking to their nephew and they're like, yeah, bye, bye, bye. And it just like exploded. Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember buying into that rally too and being like, you know, telling people like, you should probably speculate on this because right. – it's going nuts right now. And right now, Bitcoin's up 120, 120% year-to-date. Ethereum's up 68%. Yeah, um, and it seemingly had a little bit – I mean, it's slowly, you know, from its lows from last year, 
but it seemingly has a just recently has a little bit more life. It sort of broke out. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming, you know, we're going to see a little bit of at least hype or speculation heading into what's known as the the Bitcoin happening, right? Which yeah. I haven't checked exactly when. Do, do you know when exactly it's supposed to go down? I think it might be April of next, next year. year. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely next year. But I think it's like it's not a set date because it depends on some stuff. But it's like around April. So usually six months before that happens, you know, you, you start to see that. So you know, could Thanksgiving uh, dinner table discussion fully uh, kick that off? Um, who knows? Yeah, and it it's just crazy to think that it's a completely, you know, it's not completely separate from the stock, stock market anymore. Um, it kind of rides with the market's, you know, momentum, um, which I didn't really see that happening when it first came out. Um, I thought it was just going to be like a separate kind of asset class. Right. And I think a lot of the momentum is being um, built around the happening and also the fact that um, the SEC might approve uh, a Bitcoin ETF right. that tracks uh, the spot price of Bitcoin. Um, so I think people are anticipating that. Yeah, that's a pretty big um, catalyst that has been out there for several years. Yeah, And so there's a lot of people that think that that's going to be a huge catalyst because these institutions will will pile in more. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's already been like the grayscale ET. Is it even really an ETF or, or trust or whatever they it's, call it's it? It's a trust. Yeah. But they basically, it's um, what the grayscale Bitcoin trust and the mm-hmm. grayscale Ethereum trust are, are the two. Right? Yeah. We, um, we just had our predictions episode with Brian and Alex and Brian said he bought that grayscale okay. last year when we were talking about Bitcoin at fifteen, sixteen thousand, and and that has actually rallied, I think, more than Bitcoin actually has. So mm-hmm. it, it, that one's a weird one. It's like it can, you know, just like some of these ETFs, it can not exactly track the the actual price of it, which I think is what they're trying to convert it to. Is like, hey, yeah. this is actually going to track the price instead of you know when people couldn't get into Bitcoin, they were bidding up the grayscale ETF for trust, and mm-hmm. it was like doubling past the actual net underlying value of the Bitcoin that was held in the trust. Right. So I guess if they get ETF status or these other ETFs launched, it'll be a little bit more of a, a, of a one-to-one tracking that you would see with a traditional ETF. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll probably see the true value of Bitcoin come out at that point whether it's lower or higher, uh, a lot of people are thinking it's worth a lot more than right. what's tracking today. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll see. I mean, the, the sort of theory has been a, a lot of these institutions are getting their their chips settled for that inevitably to come down. Um, however, interest rates are higher, so the idea is there's less speculative money flowing around into some of these assets and in a high interest rate environment can crypto sort of fly but i guess we'll see you also are sort of interested in another way to play that though as well which is the miners Mm -hmm. yeah that's another way you can um 
you know, because a lot of people don't want to peg themselves to to Bitcoin or Ethereum. That it's still volatile, you know. I mean, if you're buying and holding, I guess it's if you have that mindset, then it's not as volatile. But day to day price swings are, you know, five percent, six. I think it's down like five, four or five percent today. Yeah, it's just that's just normal. (laughs) Yeah. and hopefully some of this will stabilize that volatility. But you can – there are also Bitcoin miners just like if you have you have gold and you have gold miners. Right. You also have Bitcoin miners. And, you know, it, it's just crazy to think that – I started hearing about crypto back in 2010 around that time. Mm-hmm. And I actually um, – I knew people who were mining Bitcoin and they admitted that they – didn't even really know what they were doing. And I think one of them even just like got rid of his laptop, like eventually and he was like, oh, whatever, like uh, I'm getting a new one. Like none of this is going to be worth anything anyway. It's like, oh my God. So. (laughs) And now uh, they're, now they're searching the trash can for that laptop. Um, But. And, and, but these mining, these miners that you're talking about, these are like legit operations yeah. now, like across companies. data centers and they've got massive GPUs that are just, um, just mining 24 seven. Yep. Um, and what I really like, I found a company, um, called Terra Wolf and they're based out of Easton, Maryland. Um, so like right down the road from mm-hmm. here. Um, and they're a fully renewable Bitcoin miner. So okay. they, they use solar and nuclear power to um, to mine Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. So they're self-sustainable. Um, yeah, because the big – I guess the big input is just like most stuff, but particularly with crypto mining, is just the energy, right? Yeah. So you'll see a lot of people trying to uh, – I know there was a couple – there's big data centers out in Iceland because they're kind of – powered by the geothermal that you can get from the volcano of course now like iceland might have a huge volcano and that might go away so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that's the, that's the play here but um if you can get your energy costs low enough then it becomes profitable yep. it's basically just like gold mining yeah. if your you know input costs are lower than what you're extracting then um then you have a huge amount of leverage. So it, it's sometimes hard for people to grasp the the digital aspect of it. But if you just compare it to just like putting stuff out of the ground, the thing is, though, is at least you um, you have a reasonable expectation that like when you're mining Bitcoin that you're actually going to get Bitcoin mm-hmm. and you're not just like kind of like, I hope gold's here. <laughs> like we did some drilling results. I think it's going to be here. I guess we'll see. <laughs> There's a little bit more like, hey, if you do X, Y, Z for a period, you at least know you're going to get some Bitcoin. Yep, a little bit at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- these are legit companies. Um, you know, they're starting to turn profit. So, uh, and a lot of them are penny stocks. Right. So, you can get in for a dollar, and that's way cheaper than Bitcoin. And if uh, you know, if I guess the theory is when Bitcoin goes up their reserves are going to go up as well, their cash reserves. So Yeah, and these are companies you can buy on the stock exchange. You don't oh, need yeah. a separate account. You already have your right. brokerage account. You can just, you know, you can 
put money directly into our are most of these trading um on like regular u.s exchanges yeah okay yeah uh the ones that i'm seeing uh, there might be some over the counter but i mean uh you know nasdaq and new york stock exchange so yeah i mean miners were huge the last time uh crypto ran up and if we do see that uh, um going into 2024 uh that is something that should definitely take a look at um yeah also on that same note um an insider who uh is a famous crypto uh bear or sorry uh uh crypto bull uh is kathy wood um and she owns the grayscale bitcoin trust in her ARK Invest portfolio. Okay. And I was just researching and found that she sold $6 million worth um, amid this recent rally. So she's taken some profits. So Okay. So maybe she's she's uh, not expecting a, an imminent uh, run-up, but she's also been been wrong before. Yeah. But, she. I mean, she. they've been – investing for a while so I right think, i think she uh yeah you're in early it, it's always about when you get in right like you know it it might be for somebody that just bought you know and it goes down they're like ah yeah, you know fun. but if you've been in it for a couple of years and you're taking money off the table then yeah it, nothing it, wrong with that yeah it, okay interesting um so what else we got here on the on the like Congress uh, insider trading, do we do yep. we have any 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 funny business going on? I know there's been a lot of talk of, you know, there's conflict in the Middle East. Are you know, is there some shenanigans going on? So I think a lot of the headlines around this are are um, a little overblown. Um, like I've got a headline from uh, Finbold saying that Congress buys up war stocks ahead of Hamas mm-hmm. attack on Israel. Um, and sure enough, obviously, after the attack, shares of Northrop Grumman um, climbed 10% in mm-hmm. a day. Um, you know, you've got Lockheed Martin and other defense stocks. Um, but I, I really think that that's a little misleading to put those two together because Congress is always buying defense stocks. Right. Like that's... It's obvious. It's the one thing that it's Congress a long can agree on. term trend. It's not like they're like, "Hey, we know Israel's yeah. gonna get attacked." Yeah, um, um, it makes a good headline. Yeah, for sure. But I, what they're talking about is what I found was that House Democrat Josh Gottheimer bought Northrop Grumman on September 26th. Daniel Goldman bought in March, and then House Republican Kevin Hearn bought Lockheed Martin on June 23rd. So it's obviously, you know, not right before the that the attack happened. A um, couple months. Well, that would be a little bit too obvious too. But also, these disclosure disclosures don't come out. What's typically For, the delay? That... It's um, I think well, they're supposed to report it, and then on their. So for institutions, the thirteen F will come out. It, it's usually every quarter. Right. Um, the congressional trades are supposed to be submitted like immediately. Okay, uh, or and immediately like, published. Days. Oh, within thirty days. Um, yeah, but a lot of them don't do that. I mean, there was a big article on this recently. 
Um, they're really detailed, like how many members of Congress have just been ignoring the Stock Act or the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge. Well, because so. isn't the fine like two hundred bucks or something? If yeah, you it's don't, like two fifty. <laughs> if you don't, and these guys are waking, making way more than that. So it's just like, hey, if there's not a, if there's not public enough public outcry that's going to affect them getting elected then uh, they're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe they just forget. Maybe they honestly forget. Okay, you know, they got, they're give not... them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um, I don't. I also think a lot of them don't care. Um, and yeah, it's sort of, you know, e- each time they are supposedly going to end this so-called ban trading, the stock trading for Congress yeah. and... It just sort of it's in the headlines for a week or two, and then it just it sort just, of fades away. It never gets in any bills, and it's it's always just like, um, and because I think the public also doesn't really understand it that well. Like they don't understand how much knowledge people in Congress have of like future events. Yeah, well, particularly like you said with defense stocks and and stuff like that. It's not necessarily that they, oh, they know a war is going to break out, but they do know that in six months, um, the def- you know, whatever the budget is going to come out yeah. and they are there, them or their buddy is on the committee and they did a favor for somebody else and they know that, you know, they're going to approve, you know, an increase in that budget. So it's just kind of a no brainer mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, that's basically what you're doing in in your service too is looking at a lot of these signals of hey like you know they're not going to they're not going to put their money into something that they knowingly know is going to is going to end in it and that they're not going to approve the funding for yeah so exactly um unless they're like really strapped and like trying to pump up the stock but i mean usually that doesn't work yeah um, and these are typically not penny stocks per se that they're putting in like you're talking about yeah. you're talking about def, you know large defense contractors that everybody can see are, are doing in this climate are doing very well regardless yeah and and i think what's interesting about what i research is um just i i'm kind of in the dark as well like i don't know what's going to happen around the corner, but I know that these insiders at companies and congressional members are buying stock, like you said. So it kind of seems like a no-brainer to just follow what they're doing. Right. Like, Yeah, it doesn't necessarily – it's a good It's a good signal. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily mean that like, oh, a deal is imminent or all this. Yeah. There, there's um, – but it does at least – indicate that they know that, you know, hey, you know, nothing is coming down the pike that they're aware of that's going to hinder it. You know, there's always black swan events like COVID, although mm-hmm. a lot of <laughs> a lot of the con- congressional uh, people were selling stocks prior to to the to it really. They really did. Coming out to that it was bad. Um, I know there was probably like a month or two where they were trying to calm down the public, but mm-hmm. the people in the know were like, "Okay, this is this is probably going to be yeah. something that's pretty, pretty bad." Yeah. So, 
But, I mean, I guess the old, if you can't beat them, join them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can try to get the laws changed or and or you can just follow along and try to f- use that to to help your, your own portfolio. Yep, and you, you can get a good uh, understanding of, of trends that way. Um, you know, a lot of this year, especially energy companies have just been – you know, really taking off. Right. Um, and a lot of insiders have been buying energy companies. So if you just look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, Buffett uh, bought, um, what was it, Occident, Occidental? There seems to be yep. some. And going back to to Congress, too, if they're buying that sort of stuff, you kind of know like, hey, maybe there's going to be some loosening in the regulations or they're at least not going to be as heavy handed with some of these push towards um, renewables or like no longer drilling type type thing. Yeah, we'll see about uh, we'll see about the drilling. Um, The yeah, the interesting thing about Occidental is that they're um, heavily investing in, in carbon capture technology, which um, I find pretty fascinating. Um, it's a little controversial. Um, but... Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about carbon capture. They're basically just sucking. <laughs> They're just sucking the carbon out of the air. Is that is that basically – and then what, what exactly do they do with it? So it's stored um, underground. So it's basically you're, you're getting like a negative – net effect on, on carbon right um, and they just store it underground is is thousands of years from now people going to be mining this this underground carbon that's getting sucked out out of the air and they're, they're basically doing it because the government is giving them money to do it is that ba- basically the bottom line because that's not a product I get, that people I mean, want right yeah i guess that's a more a bigger question about esg uh investing in general are companies do companies actually care about the environment? Probably not. They care about money. So right. if they're going to get money from the government to do something, they're probably going to do it. Yeah, and this latest, uh, I guess it was the, um, I don't know what they called it. It was the was it the Inflation Reduction Act or whatever. There was a lot of stuff that had little to do with inflation in there, but one of them was increasing the the size of these credits that people can get mm-hmm. for, I guess, sucking carbon out of the air. And you can yeah. get them for just having a bunch of trees on your, yeah. like, on your farmland. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so are there companies out there that are specific? Is it these big companies like Occidental? I saw, um, you know, it seems like, you know, some of these oil companies or even Exxon's mm-hmm. huge into the carbon capture, which yeah. sort of makes sense. Are there companies out there that are specifically just i guess like running these plants or developing the technology i guess building some of the yeah, some, some of the of stuff the, some of the equipment um yeah for sure there's a there's a bunch of them um i don't want to give it away we, we've got one in our portfolio right now and um it's it's doing well um it's getting a lot of attention from institutions and okay um big investors so um, and is this and these guys actually building the the actual plants? Are they running mm-hmm. them? Yep, it, they're, they're doing everything. All of it, um, and they're they're selling um, 
a lot of their equipment to bigger companies okay. uh, here in the U.S. Okay. So, you know, some of those bigger companies are really in it, you know, they could look at acquisition or, or something like that. So, yep. and what portfolio is that in? That's in the insider stakeout portfolio. Okay. All yep. right. Well, okay. we'll put a got two portfolios. Um, but yeah, this one's in the insider stakeout. Okay. Portfolio. Yeah. So we'll put a link uh, below the uh, video for anybody interested in, in checking that out and uh, joining your service. Yep. I, we, we like it. I think it's a good one. All right. Excellent. Um, yeah. And in terms of other energy companies that I'm seeing, um, there's a lot of insider trading going on in Babcock and Wilcox. Okay. Um, what do they do? So they're a massive American energy company. Um, they're into renewables, um, solar. Um, they convert waste to energy and like biomass to energy. Okay. Um, but they also are a nuclear power company. Okay. And we traded this stock earlier this year for a, a 25% gain when we saw that insiders were buying. Mm -hmm. um, but just this week, um, I got a print that the CFO, the senior vice president, and the CEO, and also three directors um, – just bought, you know, almost 10 million shares. Okay. Um, and this past week, it's up 23%. Just um, in the past week? Yep. Okay. So, so there's a good, there's a good, good prospects there that at least the leadership thinks uh, think yeah. it's a good time to get in. And it's still, it's still very cheap. And I mean, for a, for a company that's, doing so much and working with nuclear, which uh, we've talked about a lot here at Angel. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good, I think it's a good one to jump on. Yeah. I mean, barring uh, any um, massive safety meltdown situations, it seems like every, once, once that, once Fukushima is in the rear view mirror, people tend to slowly start to come back around to nuclear. It's like a, it's like a weird cycle that and there's just been so much advance advancement just in the recent you know i i know uh keith's big on the the small modular reactors yeah um that are popping up and i know like china doesn't really care they're gonna go full-blown nuclear are even they? if they yeah. have a meltdown they're just <laughs> they're just gonna do it because they need they have to mm -hmm. right they really just they have to to keep up to their energy demand yeah and i mean you know I would – it would be nice to see companies do that, um, do it safely and not have anything go wrong. So – but, yeah, like like you said, I mean, safety advancements have, have come a long way. Um, and, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can see see some companies uh, taken off from that. What What company was that again? Babcock? Babcock and Wilcox. Babcock and Wilcox. I like that name of that company. It's a good a, name. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a law law firm, though. I think it's trading for like a little over a dollar. <laughs> okay. So that's you know that's All a good right. penny stock. Yeah, that's your uh, that's your hot tip for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Direct from Alex. Um, couple other companies that I've looked at uh, this week. 
Uh, have you heard of Allbirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the shoe company? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like them. I, I almost bought some Allbirds, but <laughs> I uh, I don't know. It wasn't my style. It wasn't your style? Okay, no. that's but I, fair I like enough. them. Fair I like, enough. And they're very popular. I think yeah. they're flagship stores in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, But I saw that the CFO of the company and four directors just bought, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of shares. Um, and this past week, Allbirds is up 25%. Okay. So, but, you know, granted, the stock market has been really hot recently. So Yeah. After that inflation report earlier this week, it seems like people maybe think that... That it's over. <laughs> that it's over. Um, there's still a lot of headwinds, it seems, in, in certain areas. But, you know, I think it's becoming more and more likely maybe that the, the Fed is going to, at the very least, just sort of pause where they're at for, for a good while. So hopefully that um, is, is a good indicator. And, and then the idea of a Santa Claus rally. Do you think there's going to be a big Santa Claus rally heading into this year? Was there a Santa Claus rally last year? I, I cannot remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there was for a little bit. So let's just, Yeah, let's I mean, just last yes. year, yeah, yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm, we'll hold you to it. Next time we'll come back and, and we'll see if that actually happened. Um, so. Excellent. All right. Well, is there any other, is there any other uh, hot tips you want to drop before we wrap this up? Or um, Yeah, I got one more for okay. you. Um, Bonus pick. We got... Your favorite cereal maker, Kellogg's, um, which th- this is pretty rare because I haven't seen insider trading in, in the company. Um, but just this week, um, a ton of people bought shares. It was the, the chief supply chain officer, the CLO and secretary, the chief executive officer, the CFO, the chief growth officer, and the chief customer officer. I mean, that's the entire C-suite. Mm-hmm. They just all bought um Tons of shares. So in this past month, it's up 11%. I haven't looked into maybe why uh, they were buying, but it's a, it's an interesting play. Yeah, that is interesting considering there there has been this idea that the consumer is starting to weak be, be weaker because of inflation. However, you know, Kellogg's, you know, staple food, cereal, like I, I think people are going to, keep buying that they're going to cut back in other more discretionary spending i think they're going to make sure their kids want to still eat that delicious sugary <laughs> cereal that is, i'm sure is very healthy it's so bad for you. <laughs> i used to eat that all the time it's so, oh yeah it's so bad but uh it's cheap okay so people yeah i it. like that okay all right. Well, you got some you, some good insider tips uh, from Alex Bolden, the managing director of Insider Stakeout, and he's also got that super secret uh, carbon capture play. If you want to check that out, we'll put the link in the description below. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. And, thanks. And um, remember to like, subscribe, and comment below. And uh, we will promptly ignore your comment. No, we'll, we'll respond. To it. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Adios.